Live from Gross Point, Michigan, it's time for the number one radio show in the private service industry, where private service professionals can discuss topics that pertain to their industry. And now, here is your host, DEMA National President, Matthew Hack. Hello and welcome back to another edition of DEMA Live, a radio show for the private service industry. I'm your host, Matthew Hack, and today riding shotgun with me is private service professional DJ Haverkamp. If you're unable to listen to the show live, I wanted to let all of our listeners know that DEMA Live can now be heard on iTunes. All you need to do is go to the podcast section and subscribe. So with that being said, today's show is being brought to you by Angel Renovation, the best way to give back and own your pre-owned luxury kitchen. We're honored to have joining us on the show today, renowned haberdasher and CEO of True Gentleman, Trapper Roderick. Founded in 2013, True Gentleman believes in helping others succeed and in educating about the best way to present themselves in business and in life. With that being said, let me go ahead and welcome DJ. DJ, welcome back to the show. It's been a couple of weeks since we did our last uh, DJ, or our last um, Dima Live, and uh, what do you have new in the private service industry for our listeners? Hi, Matt. It's a pleasure to be back. I wanted to uh, just tell you a little bit. The uh, local DEMA chapter here in the New York area had a meeting last week, and we had a wonderful discussion uh, led by our president on boundaries and integrity and and the role that the intimacy of a private service person has with their principal. And I thought in light of our conversation today with regard to clothing and, and that aspect of our work, that it was really appropriate because of the nature of how intimate we are with our principals. Nobody else really gets to go into our principal's closets like we do. And I thought that this would be a great intro to our, to our show today. So integrity is a big part of, of, of what we do. Okay. Excellent. Good, good, uh, good lead in and segue. I appreciate that. And with that being said, I don't want to be rude to our, our guest, uh, Trapper. Welcome to Dima live. Thank you very, very much. So um, I wanted I wanted to go ahead and uh, just uh, welcome uh, uh, Trapper. He's been a member with the association for some time now, and um, I know that DJ, you wanted to go ahead and kick off the show with uh, with a question for him. So I'll go ahead and pass the mic over to you. Well, Trapper, we're just really excited to have you on the show today. And I was looking at your website earlier. It sounds like you have a great program going on there. Um, one of the things that that folks who work in private service um, have to deal with a lot is their principal's wardrobes. And so we're looking today maybe to get some advice from you and some tips on how to help care for those high-value uh, garments and, and the, the storage of, of a fine wardrobe. So I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do and your company and, and if you have any advice for us. Um, yeah, so what we do is we, we build bespoke clothing. It's all custom. Um, we come directly to your home or office by making it really, really easy. Um, not none of that hassle of going to Nordstrom's and having to have it altered a dozen different times. Uh, plus, you can have some fun little details on it that you wouldn't normally be able to have. Um, as far as like some tips go, um, um, I would I would say you know it, it's definitely always worth um, while spending a little bit extra and while taking care of those garments, um, especially suits, wash them as little as possible. Um, it, you know, you're you're typically not doing something in a suit that's going to make it dirty. So um, I, 
would definitely wash it as little as possible. And, and when finding someone that is going to wash those garments, um, you kind of have to search them out and make sure that they know what um, how to take care of a suit and, and things like a full floating canvas, which is the structure inside of the suit. And um, it's also good just to like really look into um, a good uh, um, person to uh, clean clean your garments because I, I have really big, unique buttons on my shirts, and so I've, I've had some dry cleaners smash them and ruin them. So you want to definitely pay attention to who you're taking them to. It's, it's probably worth a little bit more to go to someone that's a little nicer. Hey Trapper, with with that being said, obviously one of the most important things that that happens with a suit is um, is the is the actual cleaning process of it. So, with that being said, how do you determine when your suit needs to be cleaned? Let's say it's not necessarily dirty, but you know when do you know that the suit needs to be cleaned? And then also, what are some of the questions that you look to ask a dry cleaner when you're determining who the right dry cleaner is? Yeah, so um, when it comes to determining when it needs to be cleaned, um, I would say the average person can probably clean theirs once a year. Now, I wear a suit probably a lot more than the average person, um, so I look for spots, and if I can't spot clean it, um, maybe I spill it on my pants. Um, or if you actually do be- begin to get an odor in it from wearing it in the summertime, um, and sweating it a little bit. Other than that, I'd pretty much stick to like once a year. Um, okay. As far and as oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's, and then, and then, as far as asking the the questions to the dry cleaners, what are some of the common questions that you ask before you hand over those fantastic shirts with the big buttons? Um, I I ask, you know, um, I I just I point them out and and I said, have you ever dealt with buttons like this before? Um. Do you press on it or do you press around it? How do you deal with something like that? Or do you do it by all by hand, um, which is, you know, going to kind of help you determine, you know, how much detail and time they actually take into washing each individual garment. And as far as a suit, you know, I ask them if they know what a full floating canvas is, um, which, again, like I said, is the structure of the suit. Because that, that type of stuff, it can't just be steamed on a, a, a home with a steamer. You know, you're, you need it to be pressed at the same time. Otherwise, the fabric on the outside will um, expand where the inside of the, the canvas will, will shrink. And so it's kind of tricky. So if I, if they know what a full-floating canvas is, I usually feel pretty good about it. Okay. Excellent. Um, and with, with that being said, in your opinion, um, what is what what is the right wardrobe for an estate manager who is working on an estate where they can you know wear a semi formal uh, clothing? What what would you recommend for them as far as uh, what they would wear? Um, so the one the estate managers that I've dealt with or seen in the past and and kind of helped in this in this in this category as well. Um, if it's a man, um, I would say a suit once a week. Um, I think it's just good to have that one day a week where you're, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders. Other than that, I would say a, a nice blazer and a, a dress shirt to go with every day. If you're wearing a jeans and dress shoes or if you have your, your dress down day where you take the j- jacket off and you at least have that button-up shirt. But always have a blazer on hand. Um, for women, uh, it's a little more tricky because they just tend to look nicer than we do all the time. So um, I would say Having that one day where they're throwing on like a pencil skirt or some sort of skirt would be nice, but 
Other than that, women just look nicer than us. I mean, they can get away with anything. Chopper, one of the things that that I think is really important for our private service personnel to to think about is just the details that come into play when they dress. Uh, little things that that make the difference between a well dressed person and someone that's not so well dressed. When you're walking down the street, and I know that you're probably very keenly aware of, of every person in their individual dress, what are some of the details that, that you notice and that you pick up on that our listeners might might be very interested in trying to incorporate into their dress? Oh, man, um, it's hard to be positive on that subject because I notice all the negative things. Uh, <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of both. Um, I always notice, you know, if, if a person's pants are way, way too long, um, you know, it's uh, our pant really should only have about a break, which is like a fold in, in the pant, not like two or three breaks. Um, I notice um, just like sloppy shirts where they're, the shirt's clearly too baggy underneath the jacket, and you can see it kind of just puffing out. Um, so having a well-fitted shirt underneath the, the jacket is, is really nice as well. Um, but I always notice like if someone has a pocket square, um, it's just a super simple, really cost-effective little detail you can have when you have a jacket on. Um, it goes a long way because it, may, it makes you look a little bit dressier. Um, so that, that's something that I tend to notice quite a bit is is a pocket square. Um, and then, like, on our our jackets, all of our buttons are functioning. And so you can change the buttonhole colors and the buttons. So I always notice that someone has a nice jacket on because you can tell that the buttons function. So that, that's just a little detail I, I notice. Um, and then kind of back to our other subjects, like I said, I have pretty unique buttons on all my shirts. Um, it's just a fun little detail. You have a blue shirt with a brown button that ties into your blue shoes. Uh, I mean, your brown shoes. Um, I'll notice like those little details and, and I probably get compliments on things like that more than anything. So just having a little bit of color, um, pop, but, um, no, but not being ridiculously over exaggerative. Excellent. Would you have any thoughts on shoes related to all that? Um, I'm a camel brown color, like a a bourbon, you know, really light colored browns. I I would say lighter browns are in um, the tans, the, in the camel colors, um, wearing that with a blue suit, a gray suit. I mean, really almost any colored suit these days or or jeans, it makes it look like you actually put a little more effort into it than a black shoe. Um, because you can, you can strongly notice that detail in the shoe, in the button, in the belt, versus where black kind of tends to blend in. So for me, I rarely will even wear a black shoe, except for maybe with my black suit and a couple of my darker gray suits. Excellent. Well, obviously, one of the one of the key things that I, I, I noticed right away when we were talking was that you, we we talked a little bit about your company and you have mentioned uh, even in this discussion that you primarily do the home fit, the, the fittings for suits in the home. Um, so does that mean you're you'll take an order from someone, fly to where they're at, and then bring like a a, a book of swatches of different fabrics uh, and and obviously liners and then also buttons for them to basically choose and design, or is that something where you'll say, listen, I'll take your measurements and I'll just create a suit based upon the color that you're looking for? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I mainly do kind of the first option. We go to their home or their office. <clears throat> we 
where we'll we'll take splotches. I mean, we have thousands of different splotches because we have such a wide range um, of different materials, whether it's linens or or silks or 100% wools or cashmere's or mohairs. They're all used for different reasons. And so we'll take all those. People will need to really feel and touch them because, you know, if you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars on a suit, um, you want to make sure that you're getting, you know, some good quality. So that that's kind of the biggest determining factor is you'll be able to feel that compared to one of our more cost-effective suits. Um, so, yeah, they'll pick all their options. They'll pick thread colors, lining colors, everything there in the home or the office. Yes, we do fly out to their home. Um, but many times once I've met with someone a time or two, they become very comfortable and they, they realize that I pretty much guided them through what they should have anyway once we kind of assessed what was in their wardrobe. And so after I've dealt with someone, you know, maybe three or four times, they just kind of tell me, hey, I need a new blue suit. Go nuts. You design it. Um, and then I'll maybe ask them, like, their favorite color to add, like, an accent thread color. So... That, that's that's when it gets really fun when um, when I get to start doing it for them because I can kind of surprise people. Um, I did some for some uh, big Broncos fans recently, and so they just said, "Hey, we want something that's going to represent our Broncos." And so I had an orange <laughs> and blue window pane suit with um, blue buttons on it, and you know, they went nuts for it. It was awesome. That's great, Trapper. One thing that we deal with that we have in our membership quite a variety of folks at different places in their careers. We have a lot of folks that are maybe just starting out uh, as working in private service, and then we have folks that are far more established in their careers that could afford a much finer garment. Do you have any thoughts on sort of the basics that somebody that would be just starting out in the private service industry would want to maybe work towards as they were building out their wardrobe? Uh, what, I would, what I would say, you know, if you're not going to go through someone that like me that does the, the custom aspect, um, then just go spend right around seven, eight hundred bucks. You know, most suits that are at that price point are, are pretty good suits. They're going to last you a long time. Um, when going through someone like me, you know, we we can get your seven, eight hundred dollar suit that would be equivalent to like a Hugo Boss or a Monty suit that's eighteen hundred. So. Um, we can be a little bit more cost effective on that side because we do work with directly with these um, fabric suppliers. So um, I would just get one or two good solid suits. You don't need to go crazy pattern in that or anything like that. If you want something that you can wear once or twice during the week without someone getting like, Hey, you wore that yesterday. So um, you can really switch it up within your ties and your shirts, um, having a, a red tie, a blue tie, a purple tie, you know, something like that, where you can still add a sense of um, bold and, and control and power, but um, not not having to necessarily switch up the garment constantly. Okay, so basically, what we're saying is then, if you're if you're just starting off in the industry, you know, the the primary are, are there a number of primary suits? I mean, how many suits should someone have? so that they don't, you know, to, to be able to rotate them and, and keep them good for years. Um, yeah. What what do you what would you recommend the average amount of suits are for, for that individual? I would say four. Um, you know, blue four. should be your first one. And, again, and keep these solid. Blue should be your first one. Um, then, like, a lighter-toned gray. Um, then your third suit, um, that's kind of where you can do a pattern. And I wouldn't do a crazy pattern. 
and it can really be your charcoal, your brown. It can be another blue if you want it to be. And then black should be kind of the last one in there, definitely for more formal occasions. But that will give you enough diversification where you're not wearing them out so much. Okay. So I have a question for you, and obviously letting uh, letting your clothes do the talking for you uh, and, and in this new uh, – the, the latest trends that I've seen out there are is the crazy sock trend where you see more and more guys that are wearing suits and then they have these wild, elaborate uh, socks that they're wearing to kind of help add a little bit of spice to the overall look. Um, what is too crazy when it comes to socks, and 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 when is it appropriate to wear the crazy socks versus not wear them? Um, I think you can always add a little bit of crazy, um, except for maybe that that really that black tie formal crazy. Um, okay, it, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to find where to draw the line though um, on what's too crazy because you know I I like stance socks or happy socks. Um, stance is one of their buddies of mine. Um, they got great socks. I usually will typically go with more of their solid tones that have like a paisley mixed in, so like reds, um, something where it's going to accent my tie as well. Um, but kind of going back. So to, is that is know, that the key then when when you're when you're run when, when you're picking out your socks, you you need to try to match your your socks to your to your tie then. Um, not necessarily your tie, but just some sort of some accessory on you, whether it's your pocket square and tie. Um, I like my laces to even match my, my socks. So all my brown shoes, um, I have red laces. And so that's really? I like wearing red socks. Yep. And that, that's just that's a little okay. touch that, that goes a long way. People will notice your shoes a little bit more. Um, but I have some blue. I have blue laces on a pair of my black shoes. Um, so I tend to wear blue socks with that more often. Um, but I would probably stay away from, like, yellows. I mean, I like yellow, but... And every time I see this, there's this guy, I see him all the time, and he always has yellow and blue argyle socks on, and they just don't work. So um, be, be selective. <laughs> just don't be too crazy. Okay. It's all about the details, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Trevor, one of the things I wanted to ask about was the silhouette of suits. Here in the New York area, the skinny suit or the very tight-fitted uh, leg is is quite popular now. Do you have any thoughts on that and whether you see that trend moving forward or if, if someone were getting suits, would they want to maybe embrace that or, or be a little more conservative? Um, so what, when, what I do where we're doing everything custom, it, it's a little bit different than when going and buying off the rack because when you're buying off the rack, you either have the choice of buying traditional or buying super skinny. Um, so mm-hmm. when I meet with like um, some big-time lawyer where – He's like, look, you know, I need to look good, but I don't want to look ridiculous and look like I'm some some poser that's 19 years old. Um, because we're doing it custom, you can actually go really slim and still have it be comfortable and not have it look like you can't move in it as well. And so I would say embrace it to an extent um, because it, it looks better and you're not restricting yourself. But when you when you go like skinny, skinny, um, I would probably stay away from that because a suit really is meant to be more more worn in a professional setting. Um, so um, I like to dress everyone like I would dress my lawyer, whereas maybe myself, I'll wear my pants a little shorter, showing off more sock. So I would make it a little longer for the traditional person, but we can make it still very slim. 
not skinny. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then, and then now, and now off of that question, and and obviously we're we're just kind of rolling down the 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 the, the recent trends, but I, I definitely noticed that. Um, I think, and I don't know where this this trend was started from. You you might know off the top of your head, Trapper. But when when was the um, you, you st- we're starting to notice a lot of crazy liners on the inside of suit jackets, and it's kind of like a, a hand stamp saying, "Hey, my my suit's handmade." Um, mm-hmm. How do you how can you tell when a suit's handmade? And do you know where this wild color uh, liner started with with suits? Um, I don't know where the, the crazy liner started. It's actually it's existed at least as long as I've been alive, so for almost 30 years. But I've only seen it in the nice suits. Um, it, it's been more recently that I've started to see it in more off-the-rack, more cost-effective suits. Um, but, like, I have guys that are 70 years old ordering from me, and they tell me stories about their crazy liners from way back when. So I, I think it's okay. something that's kind of become more popular now, Where, but it's always existed. Um, sorry, what was the other question? So, with that being said, obviously a crazy liner no longer determines whether or not a suit is handmade, correct? Yes. Um, I don't necessarily see, like, super crazy liners in, in off-the-rack suits, but I'll see pretty bright colors. Like, I'll see a pink and a black suit or a baby blue. Um, so, um, or sometimes you'll see it just in, like, the, the sleeve, not necessarily in the, in the whole suit. So, um yeah, that's not necessarily something that you'll be able to tell. It's handmade. Handmade is actually really, really hard to tell. Um, typically, you have to fold over the lapel, and you'll be able to tell whether um, we're kind of going back to that, that full floating canvas, the, the, in, the structure of the suit. Um, so you'll be able to see lots of little tick marks underneath the lapel um, from thread. So that's how you know that it was all sewn together versus so there's a lot of suits have glue in them where they're, they're fused. So, so you can't even tell by the stitches anymore then, basically, is what you're saying. I mean, because that used to be the way that you could tell, right, was through the stitching? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of machines out there that, that um, will, will make the buttonholes um, look almost exactly like a hand, hand-threaded buttonhole. But that's another easy way to tell, though. Like, um, you can tell if a suit's at least a nice suit um, by looking at, like, the, the buttons on the sleeve, um, the hole that the button um, will typically be functioning. Um, if it's if it's a handmade suit, whereas they they would just be there for show, for for look, if if it wasn't. Um, but there are a few people that are pretty good at deceiving you. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I, I think that the the companies and the are, are definitely getting better at doing that. So before mm-hmm. we go any further, I, I wanted to take a quick break here. Uh, I wanted to to remind all of our listeners that if they would like to participate in the show and they have a question for Trapper directly regarding uh, suits or or any type of clothing uh, questions, you can feel free to do so by pressing the number one if you're listening to the show on your phone. You can also text questions to 313-404-3998, or you can post them on Facebook and tweet them at Hashtag Dima Live. So, with that being said, um, DJ, I think you were uh, you were next in line here. Sure, Matt. Trevor, one of the things that we often have to deal with in private service is helping our principals to make purchases for their own clothing and maintaining their clothing. 
and oftentimes we'll be helping them work in a bespoke sort of situation where they're having custom-made suits made. And really, expense becomes not such an important issue as it might be for someone who's just starting out their career in private service. Mm-hmm. What what advice would you give someone that was having a bespoke suit made, and a, what kind of cost would we expect to, to see in a, something like in a garment like that? Tell us a little bit more about the bespoke process and, and how you go about making or building a suit. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll kind of start off with price. Um, it, it, it's it's really all over the board, and, and you you touched on a kind of a funny subject of <clears throat> where cost isn't an issue. <clears throat> um, I, I have people that have, have not wanted to buy from me in the past because they're so used to spending thirty, forty grand on a suit in in New York, and they've shown me the fabric. I carry the same exact fabric. I just happen to deal directly with the manufacturer of that fabric. Whereas the person I bought it from had to go through one source and the next source to the next source. So I, I typically don't charge over about $9,000 for a suit. Um, but that same $9,000 suit I've seen going for $45,000 in New York. So um, you definitely can get um, taken for a ride if you, if you know what I mean. But every once in a while there is that person that they really just, they have to have the best of the best. And so you have to find a way to convey the quality and, and show them, you know, this is the exact same thing, not even better than what you've had in the past. Um, so when, when, when going through a, a person's closet like that, I, I like to, I pull back a little bit, you know, I, I say, let's look at what you currently have. Do you really even need something like this? It's, it's almost identical to what you currently have. Um, cause when you're doing that, then they, you really tend to find that they don't need it or as much as they, they thought they did. Um, so that's when we start mixing more like um, fun window pane jackets versus just another gray suit because they they already have four or five of them. Um, but if they're ten years old, then you know why not throw them away and, and update? Okay, excellent. Um, but, hey, but, uh, but quick quick question price. for you, Trapper. Obviously, one of the big concerns with you is um, how the how the suit fits, right? And, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure that you never want to tell your clients that you need to come in and have them refitted uh, for their suit. That's probably a, an awkward subject that you have oh, um, yeah. Yeah. when you're when you're talking with your clients. Um, so I'm just going to ask the question so that you can get the the true response out there. When how often should you be refit for your suit, or how often should you rotate their uh, your wardrobe? Um, the the refitting for a suit. Um, honestly, you know, unless someone's gained a lot of weight, they're, they're pretty straightforward with you on, on that matter. Um, I would say a suit should probably be tweaked once or twice. Um, if it's done right the first time, it, it'll it'll last through through many changes of the body. Um, that that's it's not too awkward. People people are, tend to be pretty straight up front of like, yeah, I've gained some weight. I need to I need to change those measurements up. Um, and they, they sometimes they even like to have their their fat suit and their skinny suit if that makes sense because um, they they know they fluctuate a lot. Okay. Well, I I would never have that problem. I'm just straight fat, so um, yeah. I would just have you make me a fat suit. So, um, you know, that's that's one of those things, right? You you, you don't have to worry about that with me. But uh, uh, anyways, I think um, you know one of the things that that is is interesting is that. Um, a lot of our private service professionals, they need to um, 
they need to always look professional no matter what. You know, if they're mm-hmm. if they're going outside and uh whether it's a, a day where they're they know they're gonna see their principal or a day where they maybe they're not planning on seeing their principal. So in your professional opinion, do you think it's easier for um for a male or a female to to always maintain and look professional? Um Off the top of my head, I would say women. Women, um, I think, tend to have it a little easier, but I think that's just from a man's perspective because women also go the whole extra mile to spend a lot more time getting ready during the day. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of clothing out there that's sometimes too tight for women where it's borderline professional or maybe too low cut, um, which, again, is borderline professional. So... um, that was my initial thought. Um, men have it easier for sure because you could, like I said, have those four suits in your closet and you could just pick one every day of the week and you'd be fine and good to go and you'd always be looking fresh. Okay. So so you're 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 gonna say the the, the males have the easier uh the, the easier uh opportunity, huh? Absolutely, because they can rotate it, they can add accessories. Well women just they just want a lot of variety. So men can spend, you know, a couple thousand bucks get four nice things in their wardrobe, change it up with accessories, and it's going to look like they're in a completely different outfit, whereas women, okay. you know, they, they want they want variety. Okay. Hey, I've got I've got one more question that I, I, I don't think that we necessarily had discussed in the past, but um, one of the things that I've seen a trend on lately uh, when going out and looking at, at the actual uh, button-down shirts are the, is the, the short uh, collar versus the, the wide collar. Do you mm-hmm. have a, a, a referral on that for for our client for for our membership? You know, as far as mm-hmm. styles, is, is that? I, I think at one point someone told me that it was based upon your uh, specific jawline on on whether or not the the wide collar looked better uh, versus the the narrow collar. Do you have a, a, an opinion on that? Um, yeah. Um, so I I I offer like almost twenty different collar types. Um, a lot of it's going to have to do with the type of jackets you're wearing it with or are you even wearing it with a jacket. Um, wide tends to look much more European. Um, so we call that a wide spread. Um, my favorite is it's called a short spread, so it's not quite as wide, and then the collar itself isn't quite as long. Um, that way it's just a perfect hybrid between kind of old-school, traditional American, and European. So I, I would go with a short spread. Um, a lot of people offer it. Um, some people would just call that um, a spread versus a wide. Um, okay. And I, I think that's just, like, the best staple in someone's closet. Okay, and is there a specific tie knot that you put with that with, with that spread? Um, I always do a double Windsor with, with something like that because um, it, it's, it's wide enough that it needs that symmetry rather than to be um, kind of half full on one side. So a double Windsor is probably the best way to go. Okay. Trevor, what about some of the other details? I think that sometimes it's almost easier for uh, some of us who work in private service to um, dress better than our principals do. Things like monograms. (laughs) I love to have a monogram shirt or wearing a French cuff. Um, Any thoughts on, like, um, appropriateness for, for those kinds of things? Um, yeah, um, so, like, what I do on a lot of my shirts, because 
I don't. I, I like to be flashy because it, it gets me more stuff. But um, every once in a while, like on a white shirt, rather than doing like a baby blue monogram, I'll just do a white monogram because um, you're not going to see it. It's it's just very subtle. If someone does notice it, it's it's the most subtle thing out there because it's the same color as the shirt. So if you're worried about being too flamboyant, just do it the same exact color thread as the shirt. But I, I think it's a nice enough accent. It's something that everyone can appreciate and understand. But uh, yeah. people do get pretty pretty creative with it. Like people that have weddings, they'll put like like on one of my wedding shirts I did uh, T plus K, um, or or if people have done even their wedding date. Um, that way they never forget their uh, anniversary, I guess. Um, they'll even do that inside <laughs> their suits. People put their names in their suits. They put hashtags in suits, um, phone numbers in suits, and people that lose them, all sorts of things. <laughs> Definitely. All right, cool. Hey, hey, if uh, if anyone, if any of our clients, our uh, our membership is looking for some advice on how to tie a double woods or not, um, how would someone uh, reach out and get in touch with you? Um, they can always go to www.truegentlemansupply.com. Um, always follow us at True Gentleman Supply Co. on Instagram. Um, they can always email suits at tgsupplyco.com as well. Um, there's plenty of stuff on YouTube as well. Um, okay. I can't tell you how many times I've watched How to Tie a Bowtie on YouTube because uh, if, you, if you go a few months uh, you, you might need a little refresher course <laughs> Alright, good Alright, cool So now let's let's have a little bit of fun obviously um, with, with all the suits that you've made uh, you know, it gives you the ability I think a lot of our private service professionals would agree that it's hard to shut it off um, even like when they go in and they're getting service at restaurants and stuff like that uh, they're always watching the servers and everything that they do. So, uh, obviously, you're probably in that same boat when it comes to dressing uh, yeah. and, and to watching uh, celebrities and stuff like that. So, can you give me a couple of your uh, favorite celebrities uh, as far as how they dress and and why why you uh, why you think that they're some of your more favorite people to watch how they dress? Um, yeah, I would say first off is David Beckham. Um, he's uh, uh, a soccer player, if, if anyone doesn't know. Um, I'm not even a huge soccer fan, but, man, if you see that guy in a suit, he's it's always in a very timeless suit. It's usually like a blue tuxedo with a black lapel. Um, I don't know what it is, but he just always wears it right. Um, second, okay. Probably Anybody be, else? Yeah, yeah, I got a few for you. Um, okay. Not the whole entire Broncos team. Um, so I, I fitted a, a few individuals that work for the Broncos. Um, they were they were just rated the number one best dressed team in the NFL. Um, so the the first on that list, I like his style because uh, he's very flamboyant. He'll have like a purple suit or a, an orange suit, um, and that's Demarius Thomas. Um, he's one of uh, okay. He's place he's number eighty eight for the Broncos, um, and then. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, also for the Broncos, um, always in a, a really cool suit. Um, I'm actually looking at a picture of him right now in a, a salmon double-breasted suit. It's pretty sweet. Um, Ryan Gosling, um, you know, he, he's really famous for, like, the, the really loose, tied tie, um, not, you know, more more rugged, um, but still really clean looking at the same time. Okay. And 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 how about how about since since we're going down Broncos and you guys are going to be in the the Super Bowl here this weekend? How about uh, Peyton Manning? What do you think about Peyton Manning style? 
That, that's funny that you bring it up because every one of the players I've talked to there is like, man, when are you going to get paint in the shoot? Peyton looks good, but uh, you know, if I could choose one person to to shoot up on that team, it would be him. Okay, all right. So maybe he just needs to stick with the uh, with doing the commercials, huh? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) All right, cool. So what? uh, Real quickly, we got about eight minutes left here on the show. What are uh, what are some of the fashion uh, fashion faux pas that you've seen out there by some of the celebrities? Um, the wide lapel's coming back for sure, um, which which is kind of funny because everyone thought that was so seventies and that it should never come back, but it, it definitely is coming back. You can see it um, already happening in, in Europe, and a lot of celebrities are wearing it. Um, bow tie can't ever go wrong with a bow tie. It's just fun. It's a little bit fun, more fun of a way to stand out. Um, uh, going back to the, the funky socks, I'm a huge promoter of it as long as you're not going to the, the yellow argyle. Uh, <laughs> So get, get some stance socks, um, and and we'll, we'll talk about buttons. You know, buttons. I, I notice everyone's buttons, um, celebrities, okay. or, or just or just clients. So those are, those all right, are some all right. key points. Very good, very good. Um, DJ, you have a couple of those wide-breasted suits, right? I do, I do. I and I wear double-breasted sometimes. I I've lo- oh. I, I'm tall. So it's, it's okay. easier for me to wear a double-breasted suit, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've always liked the double-breasted suit. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to stand out. It's just different. I love it as well. You know, all right, cool. So if you could, is if you could make your your number one suit, right? If if if, if someone came to you and said, "Listen, Trapper, I want you to go nuts. Make me a suit that's not only going to make me stand out, but is going to make me look good. What's your number one rec? What what would you do? What kind of suit would you do? Um, I would probably do um, a blue suit. Um, not like a typical Navy, more along the lines of electric or, or royal um, with a red plaid or window pane in it. So conservative enough that you can wear it to really everything um, from far away. It's going to look blue, close up. People are going to be like, boom, check that out. That's a sweet pattern. Um, love window pane. It's really masculine. Um, bold looking, and um, then you can match the the threads to to it. So make all the threads like a burgundy color, and with some brown buttons to to accent your your shoes. That's where I would go. Sounds good, DJ. Are you ordering that suit up or what? <laughs> I'll put it on my waistlist. How's that? <laughs> 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 All right, that sounds good. Hey, um, one thing that I don't think that we did get a chance to talk about, um, we got about six minutes left for you to address it, Trapper, is when you and I were originally talking about having you on the show, we talked a little bit about not necessarily the cut of the suit making a difference, mm-hmm. um, which I know that that has a huge impact on how the suit fits, wears, and looks. But mm-hmm. you told me that one of the biggest things that impacts how a suit not only wears but how it looks is the fabric. Can you go over that real quickly for me? Yeah. Um, so um, a nicer fabric, it's just going to hang a whole lot better. It's not going to get that hard wrinkle in it. It's not going to have that stiff um, lapel. Um, it's going to have a nice roll on the lapel. Um, when when you do, when you're walking around, you're not going to see like these creases. And it's just going to hang really, really nicely. And that's typically going to be in a 100% worsted wool. Um, or or better stuff with cashmere in it, um, or silks as well. Um, but stuff with polyester in it 
it just tends to not hang as well. Um, and, and that's pretty much what you're going to get almost everywhere you go up off the rack unless you're, you're spending a little bit more of a pretty penny. Um, so definitely spend some time looking at fabrics, feeling them, um, shopping around, or just call me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, we've got about four minutes left. Uh, DJ, did you have any uh, last questions that you that you have for Trapper here on uh, Dima Live? I just I have a couple of reflections, Matt. Just in the course of our conversation, I think today that what what Trapper's really brought out is that a lot of dressing well is has to do with kind of what's inside your heart and who you are as a person in many ways. And I think mm-hmm. that that's why we make judgments about other people based on the way that they dress, because it really does reflect like who the person is on the inside and whether or not they're willing to take the time to become educated about how to be well-dressed. It's not easy. I mean, the, the trapper is, and he's a professional. He knows how to make a guy look good or a woman look good. And so I think that for our private service uh, family of listeners, that it, this is a, a great metaphor for just how you approach your work, how you approach your life, is is really take the time to learn the details of dressing well. One, so you can dress yourself well, but two, also so that you can be a great advisor. So that that's a big part of butlery is really helping. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Downton Abbey, and you see that the staff is really always there helping their principal look good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I want my my principal to look great, and if I know how to help him look great, that that only makes me shine all the better. And I think that that's something that Trapper's really advocating for, and is, is really wise. In. Yeah, I, lo- I love that you bring that out because uh, the name of my company is True Gentleman. True Gentleman for a reason because you're not going to look that great if your actions don't show it. Um, and we that's always right. say, you know, wear your way. Hashtag real men wear suits. Um, and what is a real man? Oh, well, a real man is a gentleman, ultimately. Um, but the, going back to the where your way is, um, who's to tell you how it's supposed to be? Like, re- represent yourself, but do it in a way that you, you would want to be seen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I don't think it can be, be said much better than that. And, uh, gentlemen, I want to uh, thank you. We're, uh, we're, we're at the end of the uh, show. 45 minutes really seems to fly by. Um, when we're doing these shows, so I wanted to, um, I wanted to obviously thank Trapper uh, Roderick from True Gentleman to be on the call. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, today's sponsor, Angel Renovation. To learn more about them, you can visit their site at www.angelrenovation.org. As always, if you have any further questions on how you become, how you can become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA, or if you have any questions about the private service industry, please feel free to send those questions to info at domesticmanagers.com. DEMA Live will return next Wednesday. We're going to be back at it, DJ, uh, next Wednesday, February the 10th, when we will be joined by Ryan Hurd, CEO of One Sound Choice. We're going to talk a little bit about smart home technology. Uh, I know that's always a popular uh, discussion, so... We're excited to have him on the show, and uh, that show will air at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, I've been your host, Matthew Hack. I look forward to talking with all of you again next week.